Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Dr. Noella West, an adjunct professor at both the University of Tampa and the University of South Florida. She is a national speaker and a contributing editor of The Color of Wellness, a magazine written by health professionals of color for people of color. She joins us now to provide some important insights about health issues for persons of color. Dr. Noella West, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am very appreciative of having you join us and uh, having a very important conversation about health, in particular, Black women and health, and the fact that there's so much disparity that occurs. And I just look at um, a comment that came from the National Institutes of Health that says Black women have the lowest survival rate after a breast cancer diagnosis. It boggles my mind to think that that's the case. You must have some insights as to why there would be this imbalance. Yeah, I, as a African-American, as a Black woman myself, the culture in the community does not always recognize that they're talking about me. Oh, you know, I, I see their ribbons, I see their awareness campaigns, and you know, they're talking, it's this sense of they're talking about other people and not me. So as a whole, the black woman community, we need to understand that this does affect us as well. A lot of times we really don't have a good sense of taking care of ourselves. So therefore, when we finally do go to see providers or do see healthcare professionals, that sometimes it's at a point where something is already there or something that could have been detected earlier. I just think there's a lack of education and and support within that community. Well, that is so disheartening to think that this is the case. And yet, you know, as I say that and was even thinking that, I thought, am I just being so naive that I have this attitude or or this feeling? Am I being naive? Yes, it is. It's a sense of not understanding. And I think there's a sense of lack of trust within the medical community as well. As you know, there's a lot of history behind uh, different disease processes and different marks in history when it came to us as subject matter. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times there is a big distrust element there. And I think this is something that we really need to work on as a community. So would that suggest then that we need more of a presence of dark skin, of of black professionals, health professionals? Well, yourself as a a doctorate nurse practitioner, correct? Yes. Yes, You're right there in the midst of the profession. But what are the numbers? Are they really low? They are low. Um, I know that they're in the process nationwide to really get a more diverse population within the medical schools, uh, within the nursing programs, within the nurse practitioner programs. So that's something that, that a movement is going on. It's slowly, but they are looking at diversity. I think that's kind of our thing, quote unquote, now is healthcare diversity and, and disparities. But I think it's important that we need to build a culture of trust is very crucial. So the cultural competency of providers is also needed, and it's very vital for treating the black and brown population. So someone who represents black and brown skin can really take the time to educate on the nature of any healthcare topics, and that's really the key. Right. 
but there still is going to be this time lag. It, it exists right now and just the whole climate now of where education is and, and, and costs for education too and making it affordable to have, invite these students to get into these professions. All of that's mm-hmm. going to take some time. So I guess there is that building of trust with the people that do exist. Yes, it does. It does. And I try every part. And that's not just me as a as a nurse practitioner, but also anyone. I know people nationwide do the um, teaching of, you know, whenever having schools open for Great American Teaching and other things and, you know, counseling and just being in the community, in your churches, in your neighborhood. You know, oh, I live next to a, a doctor. I live next to a nurse. You know, it's it's good to kind of teach those in that community. And I'm not just saying those that live with you or in your neighborhood, but, you know, give back. You know, if, if you can talk at a school or elementary program to kind of support the healthcare industry. And I know that has come forefront since this pandemic. So it has been there. So I think we need to have that crucial conversation to kind of bring that to the forefront. So that's one of the critical elements of what needs to go on. And Mm -hmm. then are there other ways to educate, um, to bring that attention? You said how, you know, we Mm -hmm. might hear the, you might have uh, people in the community saying, oh, yeah, that goes on, but it's not me. How do we make Mm -hmm. that more about the individual? We really need to make sure that we're not getting immune to awareness. Um, education about healthcare, but especially breast cancer in the black community, needs to be 24 um, 7. One of those things is definitely getting uh, the lack of services that may or may not be with, within the community. Um, a lot of times there's some agencies, non for profit, for profit, that do, you know, breast cancer screenings. Are they doing it in the, in the black and brown communities? The church is one of those areas that is very prevalent and very strong within that black community. Are they going to the community centers? Are they going to those areas that actually service the black and brown community? I don't think we really are getting a key concept about where these resources are. And that's for anyone. Um, And I think that preventative care is very important. And so it occurs to me because here in the Seattle area, greater Seattle area, mm-hmm. we do have mm-hmm. those vans or the, you know, those big mm-hmm. trailers that go around to mm-hmm. do the screenings. So, mm-hmm. and, and you mentioned the church, would it be something for a church or a community center to then really be instrumental in inviting that kind of a van to the area and, and really uh, support women to get the screenings in that way? Yes, yes. It's vital. It's very important. Um, We need to actually go to those communities, resource those people that are in those communities, invite them to the table to have that conversation. Hey, we're going to be in this next quarter. We're going to be in these surrounding communities, these surrounding neighborhoods. Let's bring some key players in and let's talk about how we can do health fairs, how we can actually Um, treat the public that we're serving. So that way we're making a difference in someone's life and someone's self-care and someone's livelihood. So I think it's very important that we bring the important people to the conversation, those stakeholders who can help pass the word, who can actually spread the word. And, And I think those buses and those 
screening tools, whether it's for colon cancer, prostate cancer, breast cancer, you, you would be surprised how people have a lack of medical support or, or lack of, of education about what is important in, in their medical health. That sounds like really a, a wonderful way for communities to do something really <laughs> constructive when we're kind of floundering as to what can I do to be of service or to make a difference. This sounds like one area that that really uh, has a great need, and it would be rather simple to make it happen. Yes, yes, I I, I think it is. We have the resources. We have a lot of the profit and not the proper agencies that's out there. So we need to talk with their board. We need to advocate and really get it get in front of them. Great. So hopefully we're going to reach some people who kind of have a, either yeah. a talent in that area or a desire to, to do something. And I can see that there's a way to, to bring these different entities together that would could really make such a huge difference for in, in each individual's lives. Yes, yes, definitely. So now, looking back to the healthcare professionals themselves, Mm -hmm. you yourself, do you find in your work that there are many others who look like you? There is a small population. I would love to see more of us, um, not only as women, um, but just the African-American, the black and brown people serving in the medical health field. I think we are definitely lacking. Um, and some of those things that can really be helpful is that when you see people like us, we, we need to understand that, you know, we may be talking this medical terminology, this, this, um, this information that people really don't understand. So as a black and brown pe- person, I can always explain things. So if I'm gonna be talking about say hyperlipidemia, does the common person know that? Does the African-American person know what that means? Okay, no, maybe I'm going to do it culturally diverse and say, hey, you know, we're going to be talking about high cholesterol, and this is what that means. This is what you need to avoid. This is what your diet. So that medical terminology and that follow-up of medications and, and the referrals and ordering of tests, I need to be more conscious of, all right, if I'm going to be ordering this blood pressure medication, is this something that they can afford? You know, a lot of times, as you know, from all backgrounds, people are deciding whether they're going to be taking this medication or buying this medication versus paying their rent, paying their mortgage. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing all of this education and teaching, but I'm sending them home on all of these medications or these lack of services or diagnostic, is that really going to make a difference? You know, what, 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 what am I really doing? Am I making it better? Or am I making it worse? Right. And thinking in terms of how you mentioned, you know, using the terminology, how you communicate, I, I think some of that could be true for any of us that uh, mm-hmm. the we could ask the medical professional, you know, speak to me kind of in more uh, English, <laughs> you know, yes. language that I understand, not 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 the kind of meta speak or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and a lot of times I find that that my colleagues, um, kind of let me have my reign, um, depending on the population that we're treating. They may say, oh, well, Noella, you mind seeing this patient or can you kind of do some education with, with this family and so forth? So we may have generations seeing people. So in other words, you may have a grandmother or a big mama, as they call it in the black community. 
You may have a daughter that's in the room. You may even have a granddaughter in, in, in the room. So if I'm going to be talking about education like for their breast cancer or for their blood glucose slash and slash their blood sugar or their sugar water, as they may say, I may need to break things down or have a terminology that they understand because I have to treat their cultural difference. The same with the Hispanic family, the Asian family. They may have different cultures that I may need to explain things that maybe the grandmother may not understand, but the, uh, the other generation may say, oh, well, what about this? So you really have to cater to the individual themselves as well as who is in the room with them during that visit. Right. And it's good that there are others in the room because there mm-hmm. there is that good connection and support of each other, I would expect. Yes, and that gains trust immensely, immensely. They'll be out, they'll open up to things that, oh, well, my grandmother said that she took this, or grandmother, do you remember you said that? You know, so it, it gets that, that comfort level down. It gives that level that trust is building. So it's very important. And so... In this time, if we don't have enough of the black and brown professionals yet, but if we have, you know, this other colored skin present mm-hmm. in the room who has a heart, though, to to mm-hmm. want to communicate, to want mm-hmm. to help in the healing process, I mean, we can bridge that kind of gap, can we not? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. We can definitely bridge that. Yes. We need to definitely understand, Have give that Give the family member, give that patient time to explain themselves. Ask questions. I mean, it's like you're asking your 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 child. Okay, they come in, they run into the house with a with a boo boo on on their knee. Well, tell me what happened. Well, Johnny said this. Okay, but what were you doing? You know, you have to literally break it down to a baby's a, a layman term, a third grade term that you have to understand what who you're serving. Have them really feel comfortable with you. Have that comfort level that's going to be priceless. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that will encourage wanting to have some mm-hmm. regular medical visits as opposed to yes. uh, not being received in a way that is w- welcoming or engaging, yes. right? Right, exactly, exactly. Because you want them to be there for preventative care as well as, you know, before something actually gets there. Because a lot of times, You'd be surprised how many people aren't really doing their yearly checkups. I mean, whether it's your PCP or for women, of course, with breast cancer, OBGYN, you know, they should be asking simple health maintenance, quote unquote, questions yearly. You know, are have you had the flu shot? Do you have the COVID shot? Are you up to date on your tetanus shot? Um, do you do self breast exams? Do you do mammograms? You know, you you know that needs to happen, and if your provider is not doing that, there's nothing wrong with a second opinion about any healthcare concern. It, yes, we we always do say that is to get a second opinion, but I guess we we need to start with the first. You know, make sure exactly. <laughs> that those exactly. right that the visits yeah. are happening to, to begin with, and and to get into that routine. Of course, mm-hmm. in some cases, uh, what's going to be and has been a roadblock uh, is having mm-hmm. health care coverage. Uh, I'm sh- mm-hmm. that, that's a big issue, too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And that's something that um, we definitely, there's a thin line sometimes between medical and politics. So you really need to make sure that you have um, your questions answered. If you're not sure, 
they are at any doctor's office, at any hospital, you have case managers or social workers. There are, are experts as far as what medical um, coverage that is being covered, whether it's long-term, short-term, labs, uh, diagnostic testing, referrals. Um, if you don't know, definitely ask your office manager. Ask, ask the nurses there at the, at, at the clinic. Ask your nurse that's on, in that hospital setting. So there's always someone that is privy to that information that can give you direction. And there's nothing wrong with, with, with asking. Nine times out of ten, they have different levels of, of the community that can give you referrals that are based on what that person's individual need is. So you just have to open up and say what, what, what you want. That's what we're here for. Right. So mm-hmm. be, be bold enough. Uh, really mm-hmm. think enough of our own health and well-being to mm-hmm. to be assertive and mm-hmm. and persistent and um, maybe yeah. if if you don't get an answer in one place is uh, to, to get support from someone else to go in a different yeah. direction right 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 exactly and with the color of wellness that is um, our avenue that's one of mm. our platforms that we do use now in, in the community to really get the education out there, um, to use diverse media, diverse voices toward health equity and wellness. So it's very important that we as a society, especially me as a African-American nurse practitioner, doctoral nurse practitioner, that we really get out there. Um, Now, as a matter of fact, while I'm on that, I just saw literally um, this week, uh, there was a recent research that said that women um, under the age of 40 have a higher uh, risk now, and the rise is on for breast cancer cases for under 40, and that's because women under 40 are not usually being screened. So the ages between 25 and 39 have a higher risk now of metastatic breast cancer, which means that this spread, it's been up like 32% since 2009. So this is something that I wanted to make sure I pointed out with with your program is that if you are having any symptoms at all, please, please make sure that you're an advocate and that you insist on getting screened. Um, and most of the risk factors, the top three risk factors within that, if you're under 40, is if you've started your menstrual period before the age of 11, if you had your first baby after the age of 30, and or you've had any close relatives within your family who's also had breast cancer. So if you've had any of those, one of those, all of those, please, please, please make sure that you're seeking your OBGYN, your PCP, to really do some sort of screening tool, whether it's genetic testing, whether it's ultrasound, uh, mammograms. Mammograms isn't necessarily the truth all for everyone, so that's why I wanted to make sure that I covered everything. Right. And and Mm -hmm. from a recent experience with another guest who was Mm -hmm. actually under 30 at the time, Mm. uh, did have breast cancer, but trying to make the appointment for a mammogram screening was really, really challenging. They they said, well, no, they kind of actually laughed at her. So it's so Mm -hmm. important to uh, Mm -hmm. really believe in ourselves and advocate. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, you have to advocate for yourself because your health comes first. Yes. And if mammograms are very difficult, they can do other diagnostic testing. They can do genetic testing. They can do lab work. So if that ultrasound is very determined to try to get you there earlier, we can do all 
other kind of types of tests. So those are the things that we need to make sure that we're educating and let them know that this is what you need to go and ask about. So the color of wellness, this is really mm-hmm. an important publication. It's not been around mm-hmm. all that long. A decade, maybe? Um, probably about a decade, of, if, if not a little bit less. But yeah, this is something that um, it's from the community of black and brown women, nurses, who, um, and also other healthcare advocates, whether it's mental health, whether it's self-care, whether it's um, nursing. This is a platform that we're using for us, by us, but also for women in general um, and for the, the actual public. But I think we need as voices to kind of have our voices heard in a different platform that isn't otherwise available to us. So this is a media platform that is wonderful. It's going by leaps and bounds. And I'm proud to be one of those uh, executive editors toward this wonderful event. It is wonderful. I just kind of flipped through the pages online, that is, virtually. <laughs> but um, it is so chock full of information. And, and and as you just mentioned, such a gamut of different health professionals mm-hmm. that really there's something that's going to touch us at various times in our lives all of the time, I think. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, definitely. From recipes to... Uh, sickle cell to uh, breast cancer to mental health to anxiety to depression you name it we have covered it and we will continue to cover and the the whole issue of anxiety mental health is certainly Mm -hmm. since the pandemic particularly I think we've Mm -hmm. become just so much more aware of what a huge problem exists. It it existed, mm-hmm. but it was, I think, exacerbated by the pandemic. And we need to acknowledge and be open and receptive to discussing it and receiving help. Yes. Amen. Definitely. We, we have to because everyone deals with things differently. Um, and we have to be have a conscious effort that we're sensitive to that in a way that's respectful. Um, we don't need to always, you know, mandate and you know, always put people on that label, but everyone has ways of dealing with things. And I think that's uh, um, something that has come to the forefront to the point where everyone now is on notice and everyone I think is much more sensitive to, to that area of mental health. We still have a long way to go, but at least we have it there now. It's something that we are having a conversation about. Yes. And then are you in your in your work, either with the color of wellness or as a professor at your mm-hmm. uh, adjunct professor, both at University of Tampa and University of South Florida, is mm-hmm. that something that comes up in the education? Does it come from the students? Any question or concerns? What is that whole atmosphere? Well, I think this is part of my calling of giving back as well. Not only are these young nurses and nurse practitioner students going to be taking care of me when I get old, but this is something that I want to continue to create that conversation of uh, cultural awareness. Um, and just to understand that, you know, why are you going to school? What is your purpose? What is your life goal at being in the healthcare industry? So I make sure that we have a conversation daily as far as. You know, well, how does this apply to the patient population that, that you're serving? You know, everyone does not have the means to actually do these things. Okay, what is your alternative? Is there any holistic? Is there any things that you can do? The good old-fashioned nursing, nurse practitioner 101. 
Um, and we have to make sure that we keep ethics involved, that we keep diversity involved, and that we still keep the medical profession with this supportive pathophysiology support there as well. So that's why I really love teaching as well. So I, I enjoy it immensely, not only the patient population, but also in the educational realm. And, and that all sounds really so ideal. And I mm-hmm. hope then it's being received in that way. Do you find that with the students, that they're yeah. excited about this, that they're ready to go out and, and really yeah. mm-hmm. embrace people as, as humanity? Yes. Yes, they, they are. They, they do have roadblocks at, at sometimes because they feel that they're trying to do the education and teaching and some people are just kind of set in their ways or they're kind of compliant, kind of doing what they're doing or, you know, so they feel a little discouraged at time. But I tell them, look, all it takes is one person to say, you know what, all right, I'm, I may not stop smoking today, but maybe I'll cut back to half a pack, you know, but that's, that makes a difference. What is that? statistics of having lung cancer now or breast cancer. So every little bit helps. And all of these things come together to make the whole healthcare better. So I try to keep encouraging and, and it is there. They are very eager. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting to know that they're eager. And the thing that I would hope might be also exciting is the fact that there's such a great need in our world mm-hmm. right now for the healthcare mm-hmm. professional. Yes, yes. And that could be anything, whether it's nurses, nurse practitioners, physical therapists, uh, counselors, you name it, we need it. So never be discouraged if you feel like you can't handle blood, you can do something <laughs> else. <laughs> okay, I can't we handle blood. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. I, I feel there's more um, need for the profession, like the ones that you were mentioning. It's not that you need to be the doctor. The, that mm-hmm. It's um, sometimes more difficult to kind of mm-hmm. really feel in touch with the doctor. Now I know there's, you know, rigid schedules that I think mm-hmm. having, uh, it's easier to maybe develop a relationship with the nurse practitioner, with yes. the counselor, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, it is very important. There's, the healthcare community is, is a whole tribe. It's not just one person. It makes the whole tribe up. So, yeah, yes, definitely. Now, so has healthcare been your life, basically, your career life, your entire career? Yeah, it, 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 it has been. Um, I actually thought about being a nurse when I was young. I was probably in my early teens, 10, 11 when I actually observed one of my grandmothers taking care of my grandfather who suffered a stroke. So I would just see the compassion. I would see her, how she would put his clothes on when half of his body was, was actually weak. And then I would see how she would maneuver and get him out of bed into the wheelchair and how she prepare a meal and just take the time. And I just thought, wow, how do you learn to do that? How do you know to do that? So it's, it's actually been, been my love. And, um, I think by by grace, I've gotten this far, and I probably never would have thought I would have been here at this point if you asked me that back when I was young. But I think this is my calling, and I try to do as much as I can. And this opportunity, being on your wonderful show and all the positivity that you actually promote is something that I think is going to lead me that way and continue my journey. So I really appreciate you doing what you do as well. 
Well, thank you. And I love to hear these kinds of stories as well, because I think it encourages and supports others. And and particularly when you said you were like 10 or 11 in that age, when you when this came to you, I kind of think that's a significant time that we become aware of what our life's work can and will be. And so it's beautiful to hear that that has been the case for you. And, you know, here you are taking these opportunities to speak about health and wellness, but you're teaching, you have these university students, and then you have the Color of Wellness magazine. So uh, there's just so much that you're doing, and it's all so important and wonderful. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So for finding out more information, um, I see there's a focus on, you have a website, Instagram, Facebook, yes. Twitter, all of that. Yes, yes, I am. I'm, I'm getting out into the social media platform. Um, and yeah, I, I love speaking about women's health. I love speaking about health in general. Definitely have a passion for neurological health with stroke and everything neuro and cardiac. Um, but yeah, I, I love everything health. I try to be an inspiration for everyone, especially doing self-care, um, because we can't take care of anyone else if we're not taking care of us. It's like the airplane, when they go over the seatbelt, they say, put the mask on first mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> before you help your neighbor. So it's like, yeah, that kind of works. But yes, yes, you can find me at, uh, it's noellacwest.com and that is my brand. So wherever you type that in, Google that in, I will pop up. Well, definitely I recommend doing so because this is such important information and you are doing such great work. I'm so happy that we had this opportunity to speak. Dr. Noella West, you are truly, truly an inspiration and this is such amazing and important work. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here and it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Dr. Noella West and Sunday Morning Magazine with J.O., a certified financial planner. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of taking time to consider the care we need to have for good health. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.